All right. It's great to be with you all tonight. Uh, we're Kyle and Lucina Thompson, and uh, we have been married uh, one month shy of 34 years, so uh, coming up next month, which is a miracle. Um, we, have, uh, we have three kids now. Uh, our daughter got married about uh, three or four years ago, so they're here at Watermark, which is really fun, and then we have a son that lives in California. Oh, there's a picture of him. So... Uh, so just to give you a little background as we dive into our story, uh, when Lucina and I got married uh, almost 34 years ago, we thought we were as well prepared as anybody. Uh, we were out of school. We, neither of us had debt. There was no divorce in either of our immediate families. Uh, we both had jobs. We had a, a great group of friends that were celebrating that this was a healthy thing. Our parents uh, were excited about it. Uh, we were committed to follow Christ. And a number of years ago, uh, we did this little video to kind of capture uh, what happened next. So watch this. When Lucine and I got engaged, uh, I think most people would have said with where we were, that uh, if anyone had a high likelihood of, and probability of having a long-lasting, fulfilling, joyful, fun marriage, it was us. From the honeymoon on, I got to see that how on opposite sides of the spectrum we were from a personality perspective. Um, we're both pretty driven people, pretty kind of type A people. And yet, there's some real distinct differences. Really, I felt like we were, we were doing great. That, uh, you know, we were fulfilling kind of the design of what marriage is supposed to look like. And that, uh, uh, that got radically altered uh, one Sunday afternoon. He would withdraw, like the newspaper up and kind of, la, 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 I can't hear you. And I would get louder. And um, it's... I would scream, I would yell, I threw hairbrushes across parking lots, I, I stormed, I, I, I threw lots of tantrums, really, something like you would see a, a child do. She said, I, I, need to, I need to talk to you. And I said, great, let's sit down and talk. And uh, she said, well, uh, you need to know that, uh, that I don't love you, that I don't really like you, uh, the, the thought of being married to you is repulsive to me. Uh, that I, I look forward now each week to the fact that I get to travel and leave on Monday morning or Sunday night. And uh, I, I'm miserable. And uh, you also need to know that, uh, that I made a commitment as a follower of Christ before God uh, to stay married to you until death do us part and so I'm going to be praying for your death I lost hope in God as a, in his ability to fix it I memorized verses I could quote them I knew what I was supposed to be doing and I knew that I had to crucify my flesh every day and take up the cross and I knew that I was supposed to in honor prefer one another and I, I, I knew those things and yet they fell apart on a daily basis, and I began not to just lose hope, but I began to hate. One of my first thoughts was, uh, God, what, what are people going to think? 
I've got to do something uh, so that uh, people don't view me as a failure. But as I moved through that, I, I think the Spirit started to take me where I was, and, uh, and He started to humble me. But beginning to look at um, how I related on a day-by-day basis, how I um, gave in to my flesh on a day-by-day basis, when I began to own that and own the little things, um, that's when I really began to see, um, to really begin to see a change. I'll be real honest with you. Uh, it got a whole lot worse before it got better. It was quite a, a journey. It was not overnight uh, transformation. Uh, we set out on, uh, as we look back, you know, on, on a marathon. You know, we were polarized. You do your thing, I do mine, and kind of never the twain shall meet. Today, I am loved. I'm cherished. I know I am the most important thing to Him. And nothing else comes before that. And no matter what we face and the difficulties that we cross um, now or even in the future, um, He is for me. You know, I'm still a fallen man. I'm still, uh, God's still growing me and teaching me. Lucina loves me enough to to remind me of some of the ways that uh, that I tend to isolate. Man, if anything, the greatest thing we have now is that we got friends that when I think I'm doing well and, and he doesn't hear me and I, I like get louder and louder and someone will do a check and they'll go, wow, Lucina, I just got to tell you what I hear and see you doing. The one thing we've learned uh, that's really important and I think a key to the health of our marriage is we are very, very quick to uh, work through issues and conflict. We keep very short accounts with each other. Um, And uh, we get to a healthy place again very quickly. It doesn't matter what has happened. He can redeem anything. And that's what He's done. He's taken my mistakes, my pain, my failures, and and redeemed them for good. And and really has given us a future and a hope together um, forever. Well, uh, you can see that our story is really a story of uh, transformation of me over a long period of time and then uh, restoration of our marriage as a result of that. And as I look back, uh, I think I really missed it in two primary areas. One of them was just God's design for marriage and roles. Uh, I thought leading meant that I'm in charge. I get to make the decisions. You need to follow me instead of God setting me up to serve her. I thought loving was about feelings and responding to what she did instead of the fact that uh, I've got to love with action no matter what she does. And uh, the result of missing those things for us was just a progression, as you could see, of, for me, selfishness and then withdrawal and then deadliness, dead, deadness that led to hopelessness for Lucina And then led us down a path of really a painful betrayal of everything that we stood up there and vowed on our wedding day. And uh, for me, uh, I was just selfish. I mean, that that was really the root of everything. And I was focused on my needs. I was very uh, performance-driven and based. Uh, My love 
for her was based on what she did and didn't do for me, how I felt like she was loving me. Uh, and then as you saw, as conflict emerged, then uh, I don't want to have to deal with that. I don't have to deal with that. And so I would just withdraw instead of engaging. And uh, as I continued, I didn't love her. I didn't pursue her. I didn't cherish her. I didn't try to understand her. And I settled for what I thought was just a normal, okay marriage. You know, isn't that what our parents' marriage was like? And uh, it's just what the enemy wanted to do to take us down. And the big thing was that I left my wife uh, vulnerable and hopeless. And the result in that uh, was just really a tension that increased in us. And as, uh, as our physical relationship deteriorated, then I resorted back to what I knew, which was pornography and masturbation. And so pursuing her was just too much work, and it wasn't worth it. And I just led Lucina, uh, left her even more dead and isolated as, as a result of that. And so from the video, um, I love it. We actually play that video in our merge class here, which is premarital. And um, they're all doughy-eyed and all in love. And so when they hear, so I'm praying for your death, they kind of look around like, is that, do we, but you guys got it. <laughs> Because you know what? Some of you have been there. And so you know. They're not sure, like, hee hee, should we, what, is that funny? I mean, that's awful. And it is awful. It is awful. And for the record, I think I just journaled it. I don't really think I said those words out loud, but I did journal it, and we came back to it later in life. But I want to tell you for me the four things that went wrong and what happened. And the first is I trusted in my feelings versus what I knew to be true. And we already know this, and you'll talk about it if you're not there already, but feelings are, my feelings were real. I was hopeless. Um, I was miserable. I was discouraged. I felt lonely in a marriage. Those were real feelings. Um, But you see, I thought they were reliable. They're not. And so because I believed them to be reliable, I let them rule my life. They took over what I thought, how I acted, what I said to other people. It, 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 it just took over. And so even though, as you heard on the video, I was doing some things. Oh, well, let's memorize this. I'll do that. And it, God, where was God? Silent. I really did talk to him about it, and I still thought he was silent. And that took me to the second lesson, really, that I learned from this experience. The second thing I know about myself is I knew nothing about perseverance. You see, I looked around, and I thought everybody was living happily ever after. And so why why not me? And what happened? Did I pick wrong? Did I choose wrong? Did I marry the wrong guy? I mean, why aren't we living happily ever after? And it didn't look hard. No one else made it look hard. And we were, it was hard. And I didn't know what to do with that. I hadn't, I was the baby of the family. Most things had been handed to me. I didn't know what hard was and how you get through it. I really should have heeded this verse from Hebrews 12. 12, therefore lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame 
even your marriage, may not be put out of joint, but rather might be healed. And then drop down to 15. I love this. See that none of you fail to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness spring up and cause trouble. And by it, many become defiled. Well, I'd already done that. The bitterness was here in my heart and it sprung up and I began defiling, not just myself, but but us in the marriage. And that led to the third thing. I was oblivious to how vulnerable I was. I thought it was business as usual. I thought I was strong. I'm bulletproof. You already heard me say I'm very type A. And so I traveled. I was a consultant. An emotional attachment to someone who affirmed me. I was in boardrooms. People said, you're great. You do this so well. And that is really sounds great when you go home and you get nothing and you're the merry maid. And so that all was so appealing to me. And, and so that emotional attachment led to adultery. That, however, left me feeling a guilt and shame that was overwhelming. But it wasn't overwhelming enough to, to combat as well, what came with that, the affirmation and the attraction. And so I realized very quickly when I would set out to say, I'm not going to do anymore, and I would do it, oh gosh, and I would be guilty and, and shameful all over again. I've got to cut ties or this will, never, this will never stop. And I've got to get back. I knew the Lord. I knew his word. So I found a Bible study, threw myself into God's word, a very rigorous study of God's word so that I could um, free myself from what had enslaved me. I clung to 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us to all unrighteousness. So I confessed. The Lord knew it already. I talked to him. I knew he had cleansed me. That's great. If I, you know, if I'll turn 180 and walk a different way, what I didn't know at the time, what I actually, I actually had listened to some teaching on the radio and real, I bought into the fact that no one should ever know. No one will ever know what has happened because how could that be good? I actually heard teachers say, well, you don't need to dredge up the past. I mean, you just need to go forward and, and do the right thing. I was all committed to that because I knew what the wrong thing left you feeling like, but I didn't know to go back and make right what had been broken between us. So I I knew that God had forgiven me. Um, I actually told one other friend who was hanging by a thread in her marriage as well because I didn't want anyone else to do what I had done. This would just be too painful. However, if I talked to him, what good would that do? Let's just do it right. Let's, let's have some kids. Let's bring them upright. Let's just move on. Um, And again, everybody else was living happily ever after. That took me, though, really to the fourth thing, which is I had to, at some point, focus on my part. I did know now that my part was huge because, you see, I'd gone from thinking I was bulletproof to flat on the ground, face down. I knew I wasn't. I knew I was a sinner desperately in need of grace. And so I I knew that that I needed to look to the Lord alone. for my purpose, and for my worth. And that really um, led us to the last thing, which is the breakthrough. When did the breakthrough happen? Well, I would love to tell you it just, oh, it was just, just wonderful after that. And it was just all tied up with a big bow. And that's not true. But we began to do the right things. We began to um, walk forward. We had kids, which actually was very unifying for us and gave us some things to work together on. But do you know that years went by? 13 years, actually, to be exact, 
until we started Watermark Community Church. And at the very first leadership retreat, Todd Wagner stood up and he said, he taught from Joshua chapter 7 on the sin of Achan. And he said, if you're sitting here and there is something you are hiding that you've never told anyone, you will hurt us just like Achan did. And, and we will fail in this mission we're about to take. If you are going to lead here, you have to come clean. And so I want you to go away now and think about that and pray about that and let's do business with God. Well, we were in a hotel. We had a key. We went to the room. We're standing outside and I start sobbing. Kyle's like, what in the world? And the whole thing comes out inside the door. And that was the breakthrough because I then made I reconciled with the one that I had, uh, had sinned against. And so um, this confession to Kyle, it was raw. Yes, it was painful. All of the things I, I was dreading were there. It was a horrific time for us. And yet it was renewing in so many ways. The weight and the guilt and the shame were gone and dealt with because I, I found true forgiveness from this man, not just my father here. I needed it here on this plane. And I found unconditional acceptance from this man in a way I'd never known. So now where does that leave me? I know, I know tonight that I'm loved by my father and by this man. I know as I sit here tonight that I am accepted unconditionally by my king and by this man. I know also, however, that Kyle cannot satisfy the deepest longings of my heart that can only be met by Jesus Christ. But I'll tell you, he's a pretty close second and a living testimony to the joy of our salvation and to the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. We are a picture that God takes dead things and he brings them back to life. And so uh, in closing... Uh, the four things as, as we look back that were really key to the restoration for us, number one is just committing to stay the course and just having hope in the midst of hopelessness that God can transform, as Lucina said. He can take dead things and bring them back to life. Number two, for me, I had to focus on me. And, and a verse that was so great for me in Matthew 5 uh, where Jesus says, You have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And so the reality was I was a serial adulterer. I was committing adultery five days a week. And so what my wife did was minor compared to where I was. And so just recognizing that I was in much greater need of forgiveness. And, and the third was just loving uh, my wife with action instead of out of feelings, just to learning to understand her and to taking action to love her, knowing that loving feelings come from the loving action that I was taking. And then the last one was just uh, Matthew 6. It talks about seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And so for me, just focusing on what do I need to do today and not focusing on where we were and how far we were from where we needed to get to. It's just, what do I need to do today? And so uh, 
those things together put us on a path of restoration and healing. And uh, Romans uh, 15, 13 is just one of my favorite verses because God tells us that he fills us with hope, joy, and peace in believing so that we can abound in all hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we are, again, a living testimony to that. And so, Father, I do thank you uh, just for the ways that uh, you restore as we focus on the log in our own eye and uh, just the ways that uh, Lucene and I, before we were married, looked forward to a joyful, fulfilling uh, uh, just incredible marriage and just the ways you've allowed us to do that and have that as we uh, pursued marriage under your design and not what seemed right to me. And so I just pray you would encourage the folks here tonight uh, just uh, above everything that they would see the hope that resides in you and therefore allows them to have hope in full restoration. And we thank you for Christ. Amen.